you, sir. Thank you. Um, let me start out by asking you to get out your mobile device, your phone, your, your iPad, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, now we, we do that typically to read our Bibles and everything. But I want to be, I'm telling you, take that device out and I want you to plug this in to the browser. FS92Shine.org. It would be great if all of you, and, and, and you're here with your prayer pals, you can talk to those around you, talk about how you're going to be involved in Night to Shine or how you wish you could be involved. Our greatest need right now is for buddies. Um, when I started mentioning this uh, last week, we had, a diff- we, had about, we have about 175 guests registered to be our kings and queens. That's already more than we had total last year as kings or queens. So this has grown in its second year. But we were, on, we were looking at just 70 buddies, which means that we need, we need 100 more. That gap has already started closing this morning. We still need 64. So we need 64 people. And all of those 64 may not be here, but I want to encourage you to challenge those sitting around you, but also challenge your friends. To be a buddy, it's what I, being a buddy is the best job because you, um, you get what I call the fast pass to fun, all right? Because um, if, if you're buddy, and what you'll do, you'll be the host for one of these kings or queens. If they want to go do karaoke, they, you get to go with them to do karaoke. If they want to go to the prom, you get to go to them to the prom. If they want to go ride in the limo, you get to go stand in line. You actually don't get to ride in the limo, but you're there at the red carpet when they come out. But you get to have all the fun. You get to experience all the good things. So I can't encourage you enough to be a buddy. You may be thinking, wait, I don't have special training. I wouldn't know what to do in a situation that could come up with someone with special needs. You don't have to have special training. We've got people who take care of that. All you have to do is just be there. Be there and have fun. Be there and have the right attitude. Spruce up a little bit. You don't have to wear a tux. Now, we do have one of our college students. She is going to wear her prom dress. That's how excited she is about this. And she is going to challenge all of the members of her hometown church youth group to do this. So I want to encourage you today as well. Sign up today yourself. And then you go tell your friends, because you do not have to be a member of this congregation to be one of the buddies, just 16 years old or older. So who do you know? Who, who's your friend? And I mean, and there's no upper age limit on that. I think now we can finally reveal the fact that, you know, our family challenged members of our family. So my sister and uh, I think her son are going to come down here. They're going to be buddies. Karen's sister and Karen's mother that day, February 9th, is her birthday She's going to be a buddy, and she's going to be 75 years old that day. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in your 50s and you say you're too old for that, ha <laughs> uh, give it another think. Um, this is going to be fun. So let me encourage you to go to that website, challenge those, talk to people at work, people in school, other friends, wherever they're at, have them come and be a part of this. Night to shine. And by the way, some of you have said, you know, oh, I heard the interview on the radio. I heard the ads on the radio. I saw it on TV. That's good. We are doing everything we can. I want to encourage you to listen to those stations. Uh, 93.1 has been really good to us. We're going to have an interview next week on 
Uh, both of those radio stations will be here. Uh, KFSM did us right and got us in last Sunday. There's a lot of stations that are playing that. But you are the best promotion for this. As you talk to your friends, that's how we share the joy in this. So, let's talk about our prayer pals now. All right? And let's talk to our prayer pals now. Here's how we're going to do this. Um, By the way, did you see that when the kids were up here and behind them it said no children's worship? I'd say children were worshiping. We know what that means, but I think we're going to have to start paying attention to that, that it's really not about, there's never a Sunday where there is no children's worship. It's just that sometimes children's worship is here, and sometimes it's over there. It's just the location. And uh, I think it's great that we're doing something like Prayer Pal Sunday, because what's, what's invested in it, and, and what the meaning behind it is, is that we need to interact with people of all generations within the church and share stories. And just hearing some of the stories that were being shared at communion was very interesting and very enriching because you can go through your whole life and never realize that someone else is having the same communion thoughts that you are or went through the same sort of thinking about baptism that you did. Or you might hear a very different story and it encourages you. But let's start out the sermon with something a little easier raise your hand if you've ever been fishing okay oh we've got some we've got some fishers in here fishermen fisherwomen okay okay uh so i want you to take two minutes and i'm going to ask one of my prayer pals well, you got a timer on your phone yeah you got one connor okay why don't you set the timer for two minutes and then that tells me to get back in action i want you to ask your prayer pal these questions have you ever caught a fish And if the answer is yes, how did you feel when you caught your first fish? If no, then how would you feel if you went fishing and you caught nothing? Now, some of you may be sitting here saying, well, I don't have a prayer pal. Well, you do now. Talk to the people next to you, and there's your prayer pal. All right? So, yes, talk about fishing. Are we got the timer going? All right, let's do it. Two minutes. Just talk to each other, and then we'll pick up the sermon. Yeah, yeah, you guys talk about fishing. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on.
Well, my prayer pal tells me we've hit the two-minute mark. Um, the reason why we're having this sort of conversation is not just to break the ice, but sometimes we view the sermon as one-way communication where I do all the talking, you're supposed to do all the listening or sleeping, and then we all move on. And, uh, and then we move on and we're ready to go eat. In fact, some of us are ready to eat as soon as the sermon starts. Well, and we've got that figured into prayer pals today. In fact, if you look on the front of your bulletin, it tells you what the menu is. Here's a conversation, prayer pals. For those of you, you, know, for those of you going to the dinner with your prayer pal, uh, it's going to take us older. And Alyssa, where, who's, Alyssa, you know, she deserves some credit for this. She put this whole thing together. This is a new thing. She's our children's minister. But I just realized there's a question I have. Am I the prayer pal or are they the prayer pal or are we all prayer pals? We're all prayer pals, right? Today we're all prayer pals. I love it. Okay, so older prayer pals will understand this meme on the bulletin, hey, Grandpa, what's for supper, okay? But your younger ones who don't know what it's like to grow up in a world where there's only three channels, two of them are any good, and there's only one show on on Saturday night at 6 p.m., they will not understand what this means. So as you're going to dinner, you can tell them what it means to say, hey, Grandpa, what's for supper? Yum, yum. Uh, when we talk like this, we develop the habit of understanding that our conversation with one another enables us to speak about and notice the Spirit of Christ at work among us. And the Spirit of God is drawing people to Him. And we're going to see that in our reading this morning from Luke chapter 5. And as that Spirit of God is leading people to Jesus Christ, it's also leading them to one another. Uh, that, that kind of makes a certain amount of sense, doesn't it? Okay. Uh, in fact, I mean, Brent, why don't you and your prayer pal help me illustrate this. Come over here, if you too, if you would. Stand there. In fact, I tell you what, Brent, you stand over there, okay, and then Brian, you stand right there, and then Jeff, you stand right there. Okay, now I want all of you to take three steps towards me. Now, I told each of them to take three steps towards me. Did they get closer to one another? Yes, they did, see? And if they kept, now, now walk all the way up here. Just get right in my face, okay? Yeah. Mm. Look, you guys are so close with one another, aren't you? Isn't that neat how that works? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. You're excellent demonstrators. Let's have a hand for the demonstrators. As we draw closer to Christ in our family, in our church, whatever it is, as we get to know one another, as we draw closer to Christ, we become closer to one another because we find one another as we go to Christ. And I think it's ridiculous for us to think that we're going to develop a personal relationship with Jesus and grow in that and never have to interact with the rest of of God's children. Um, you see this in the, um, in the reading from Luke, and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to pause at certain points in this reading for, from Luke, and I just want you, like you did during communion, I want you to discuss with one another what part of it may, may mean. Don't, don't do that through the whole thing. I'm just going to ask you at certain times. You, you'll know when. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. 
he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. Because the fishermen had left them and they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So Jesus sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. Now, your first question to discuss with your prayer pal or those next to you is, why would Jesus go out on a boat like that and teach? One minute. Talk about that. I gotta come over here and get some wisdom. What do y'all, what do y'all think? Okay, I bet you've learned some interesting things. Um, I went over here to my prayer pals to check, and I like this. It's like, can I get a ruling during the sermon? And, uh, and, and they are of the opinion that by being away from the crowd, you can get drowned out if you're in a crowd, but by being away, he can project. I bet a lot of you had answers like that, didn't you? Uh, the verse before it says that the crowds were pressing in on him, so he needed to... And, and by the way, if, that tells us that if the crowds are pressing in on him... People are coming to Jesus because they see the power of God at work in him. You know, we're always very concerned to have people come to church, to come and be in worship. The thing that's going to get them there is if they can see the power of Christ at work in us. They don't have to come because you and I are popular. They come because they see the Spirit of God here. Now, um, I can remember that my grandfather used to talk about this, and he would tell me that water was a natural acoustic, uh, had had natural acoustic qualities, and that it amplified. Did y'all talk about that? I guess that, so, okay, I've I've got a music teacher here affirming this for me. I never really knew if Grandpa was right on that, but I can remember him telling me that. Okay, and that's what you have today. You have these memories of studying the Bible and asking good questions with fellow Christians. Let's continue our reading. Okay. So now, after he's finished speaking, he's finished teaching, Jesus says to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. Now remember, they they were finished. They, they, They were done with the day. They were washing their nets. Sir, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night. We didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, 
They did it, by the way. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought the partners in the other boats. And soon, both boats were filled with fish, and they were on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus, and he said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. Okay, Connor, let's put one minute on the clock. Why would Simon say that? What do you think he means by saying that? Just what do you hear as you're hearing that? And we'll talk about it. Let's talk about it one another. One minute. I got some really good feedback over here. Um, I like my little prayer pal area over there, too. In fact, when we started out with the opening question, uh, Rick and his prayer pal, Brian Robbins, uh, the question was, uh, have you ever been fishing and have you caught a fish? And for Brian, there's actually a professional answer for that because he used to catch the big fish. Uh, Where? In Alaska? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. He didn't just watch that on a TV show. He lived it. All right, so why would Simon say such a thing? Well, let me ask a question before the question. When, and and you can just give me your response, kind of like survey says, or, you know. When Jesus tells Simon, when when, when he says, um, uh, Sir, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. Do you think, Simon expects anything to be different? No, I don't. Does anybody think that Simon expects to catch fish? Anybody going to be some? I thought I'd at least have one person just to be silly, you know, like, I do. Yeah, okay, you know. But no, no, but you get it. Simon's like, let's humor the guy, you know, I mean, whatever. But when he sees this amazing catch of fish, you can see, why would he say that? He was awestruck awestruck that means he's moved he's not just impressed he's not just happy and by the way he doesn't turn to Jesus and say how did you know the fish were over there he doesn't offer Jesus a job and say you know what you've got a really good radar for the fish I want you to join our crew he sees the power of God at work in Jesus Christ 
And for whatever reason, Simon believes that he's not worthy to have God that close to him. And sometimes people feel that way. They feel that God can never be that close. So they're happiest when they know that God's not going to be angry at them, but they don't want God to get too close. And when you understand how much God loves you, He's going to move in. He's going to move towards you. He's going to get close. It's what God's love does. Simon is awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others. Notice that Simon's asking the question, but the rest of them feel it too. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. Now that's interesting that the first thing he has to say to Simon is don't be afraid. Because Simon probably believes that the power of God coming that close to him for whatever's going on in his life, he's not qualified to have God's love and he probably believes it will destroy him. And Jesus has come near to tell us that we have no need to be afraid. You know, we've got a group going to Guatemala in March. And, uh, and again, that, that's sort of like a prayer pal Sunday because we have old and young, all ages, going down there. And uh, the fellow that uh, is, is our missionary down there, Paul Kreitz, uh, long ago, he was my prayer pal. You can tell Paul I said that. And, uh, and he, um, the ministry that they have down there is called Amor Sin Temor, which is Spanish for love without fear. Because even in their culture, sometimes it's hard to understand that God loves us and that you can find God's love in the church without fear. Jesus is here to say, don't be afraid. And he says, don't be afraid, Simon. In fact, Simon is going to the front of the line. He says, from now on, you will be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything. They left everything. And they followed Jesus. Sometimes what we want to do in, in moments like this and in this preaching is we don't want to just come up with all the answers. We want, to ask, we want to learn to ask good questions. Don't you think it's interesting that Jesus goes from, oh, you can't, okay, this is the broken one. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. Why is there any word of comfort in that? Don't be af- I would expect him to say, don't be afraid, Simon. God's not going to squash you like a bug. Or don't be afraid, Simon. God loves you very much. Or don't be afraid, Simon. Your sins are forgiven. But instead, he says, don't be afraid, Simon. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. It's not so much a word of comfort as it is a word of purpose. He says, Simon, now that you've seen the power of God at work in this world, you have a story to tell. Simon, now that you see what God can do, you have a story to tell. And you're going to be telling people. And you won't have time for just regular old fishing for fish. You've got to go and gather up people. Because remember, they didn't fish like this. You know, rod and reel. They threw out a net and they gathered in the fish. And the reason why Simon's going to do that is because Simon is going to obey. We know that Simon and James and John are among those. Luke will give us the full list later. But we know that they are among those that we call 
the disciples or the apostles. Now, these fancy church-sounding words, let's just break them down a little bit, okay? Um, An apostle is a messenger, and a disciple is a learner. The first thing that a disciple does, and we're all disciples. We're not necessarily all apostles. Some in the church were apostles. I guess some still could be, but that's another discussion for another time. But in terms of just simply being a messenger. But there's 12. There's, there's 12 apostles, and then there's Paul. But again, that's a lesson for another time, and you can talk to your prayer pals about that at lunch. But everyone is a disciple. And a disciple obeys the teacher. A disciple obeys the Lord, the Master, Jesus. Why don't you have a little one-minute talk right here and look at these questions. Think of how did Simon and his friends obey Jesus in this story? How did they do that? And then what happened when they obeyed Jesus? If the miraculous catch of fish impressed Simon... What would have happened if Simon had told Jesus, Now, we're not doing it. We're not dropping the nets anywhere. We're done for the day. Mm. And then, think about this question. Will the power of Christ work among us if we obey? What do you think? One minute. Let's talk. I've decided that I'm not going to make any distinctions. Everybody's my prayer pal now. And uh, because every time I go over here and I talk to these folks, I always learn things. Uh, Here's Carrie's wisdom to me. Basically, the nutshell is uh, if you don't cast your net, you're not going to catch any fish. Okay? I mean, we can tell you how many fish you're going to catch if you hang your net up. Zero. Okay? So you've got to obey Jesus like a disciple, and that's how we catch fish. Let me give you three observations to those questions, and maybe it's something like what you talked about. We are always learning what it means to be a Christ-like man or woman. One of the reasons why we have prayer pals of different ages here, and we want, to ju- we want to pray for you, but we also want to build relationships, is because there's a decision that every believer makes to be baptized into Christ. And that decision is where we give our life to Christ, and it's the start of a life in Christ. But at every day, every week, every month, every year of your journey from that point on, 
you are always learning what it means to be more Christ-like. And I am learning what it means to be a 50-something-year-old Christian man. Yep. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm learning that because it hasn't been a concern before because I wasn't that old. And you know, you know who I learned from? I learned from those who are older than me because they've been there. They've done that. Sometimes we learn from those who are younger because they've been through something. But mostly in Scripture, you see that the people ahead of us are teaching us. And the, the trailblazer for all of us is Jesus. Jesus is teaching all of us of every generation what it means to be a Christ-like person. He is the Christ. He's not Christ-like. He is the Christ. And he sets the, the pattern and the example. He's, he is the one that authors the lesson that shows us what it's like to be human beings that follow God. We all learn from him. That, that, that's, that's what disciples do. Disciples obey Jesus. And if we take one thing away today, know this. Because when we hear the fishing stories, we often think about evangelism and reaching out and sharing the gospel with others. That's good. That's good. But you first have to obey Jesus if you want to ask others to follow him too. I mean, if, if our, think, of your, think of the fishing net as your own life. If that hasn't been washed and mended, you're not catching any fish. If you're going to be disobedient to Jesus and you're not going to drop your net down saying, it's been a long night, we haven't done anything, great suggestion, Jesus, but it's not going to work, you're not catching any fish. But when you trust in him and when you obey him, He'll provide the fish. He puts the fish in the net. There's no way that this congregation or any of us can reach out and be effectively sharing the gospel if we don't first have that gospel in our own lives. Disciples obey Jesus. And Jesus then teaches the obedient disciple a new way of fishing. What does it mean to fish for people? What would make these disciples leave everything to follow Jesus? And what is this new way of fishing? What would it look like for us? For Jesus, it was going around and preaching. For his disciples, it was telling the things that they had seen. It's the same for us, but it's good for us to share with one another what that looks like in our real world right here and now. If you keep talking to your prayer pals, you might find that you've had some common experiences. Maybe you play instruments, maybe you do the same sport, uh, maybe you're artists, uh, you might just have hobbies and skills and talents together. Most of us have learned math, some of us still remember it. Uh, one of the differences, I mean, if you think it's a big gap to understand who Grandpa Jones is, and hey Grandpa, what's for supper, try talking to one another about the way you learn to do math. Uh, when my children learned math, it didn't make any sense to me. I, I don't even think they use numbers anymore. And uh, it seemed that way. But the goal is the same in whatever the discipline is. And it's the same way with following Christ. The situation may change, 
The way may change, but the goal is the same, to follow Christ. I want you to take these questions with you, understanding that Jesus is teaching us to bring, to gather people in, and, and, and here's one thing I want you to know. Talk about this uh, on your own as we go to our supper. We gather people not to the church. We gather people to Christ. That's, that may seem, you know, like a, oh, well, okay, yeah, yeah, got that distinction, got to say the right words. No, 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 that's very important. And in saying that, I'm not putting down the church at all. But I want you to understand that the church, we are the people who follow Christ. That the church is not some institution apart from us. The church is the gathering of the people who have Christ at the center. So if we draw more people to Christ, just think of that little story over here. When I had uh, Brent, Jeff, and Brian just move closer, move closer. We are those people who move closer to Christ. And when one responds and says that I want to follow Christ, then they get gathered up into the church. God adds them in there. So today as we sing this song that's going to send us out, maybe you need to get closer to Christ. Young, old, whatever it may be, you've got people who are going to encourage you. You've got people who are going to be waiting on you there. Um, Maybe you know some people that you want to draw closer to Christ. Maybe you've been trying for a long, long time to get them to come to church. Or maybe you've been trying to get them to show up at church. That will follow if they come to Christ, okay? So just trust in Him. He's the one that tells us how to fish. You pray with me. Father, we are so thankful for the people that we've spent this time with today, for the fellow believers. I pray that You would bless all these conversations. We pray that Your Word works richly in us in such a way that people see that Your power is dynamic and at work within us. And I pray that none of us will feel disqualified to be the recipients of your love. But to know that because of your immense grace, it should drive us to our knees in obedience. And we can leave everything and follow you because there's nothing else that will satisfy. Father, bless this meal that we're going to enjoy today. Be with us as we go out from this place of worship and worship in the world to tell stories about what you've done in our lives and in the lives of people we love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing this song together, and then we'll be dismissed in prayer.